everyone, and welcome again to El Patio Podcast. Um, thanks for coming to another great episode. Just to tell you a little bit more about how my week went, I am getting acclimated into a new job in entertainment. It's very fun, great people, good vibes, trying to stay as positive as possible, especially with this new project as well. And for today's episode specifically, I brought in someone who I think is a very special person who I met in high school and she is a wonderful soul that has a lot to say and a lot to give from her heart. One of the most genuine people I've ever met and her name is Carol. So welcome Carol and I would love for you to, you know, just take the mic and tell me who you are, what you do and how, how we met. Hi. So I'm so glad we're getting the chance to talk today. Um, as you guys may know, we connected through high school, but we didn't really get to reconnect as like deeper or more intimate until mm. this past year. And yeah. I feel like that's everyone in the pandemic is like reconnecting yeah. with people from your past. Yes. And so um, in high school, I feel like we both bonded over like fashion and yes. photography heavily, like the arts. The arts. Yeah. And it's so funny that we came back together through spirituality, mm-hmm. but bonded over fashion exactly. like, again. Exactly. So that that has been so much fun for me. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like even in high school, like you would be one of the people that would come in, like be a smart kid, but also it's like, oh, she's wearing a fucking fire outfit. <laughs> like, it would, like, I don't know, like I usually like, it's just mentally also like connected with those kinds of people and not just like in high school like you're saying but you like find yourself again with that type of you know group when you're an adult and you like find your people again even if we were in like best friends in high school like I mean how many people do we really talk to from our high school right (laughs) now which by the way the day this is being recorded is our high school reunion (laughs) that we're not at I know I was gonna say we're not at because we're we're here. We're bonding here. here, queer, ready to cheer. Like <laughs> we're here, we're queer. Okay. Um, so can you tell us a little bit more? Like you said, we bonded about spirituality during the pandemic. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about what you do now? Just yeah. work-wise, your side hustles, and what drives you. So I'm Thank you for that. I'm definitely in the mix of so many trades, like Mm -hmm. genuinely a jack of all trades, a master of a couple. Okay. And so right now I'm a full-time spiritualist and an intuitive reader. Mm -hmm. And that's something that I've been doing for the last two years publicly, but I have been intuitive reading energies for like the last 10 years. Mm. And so, um, that's, basically what I do with the majority of my time is like really connecting with people on how to heal the traumas of their past and what Mm -hmm. energy blockages that they're facing so we can set up for a fabulous future we love that we love that living for it we live for it and I know that's how we reconnected and we're definitely going to come back to how you got to this point of also like being this spiritual 
Um, but I do want to ask you, you know, because this podcast is El Patio and it's about community and talking about everything, I do want to ask you what you consider growing up your El Patio, where you felt comfortable, where you felt like yourself, where you belonged. Yeah, so I, I'm definitely the person who was my own patio for a while. <laughs> Like, I was genuinely super shy, and it was hard mm -hmm. for me to connect with people, but I was grateful that, like, as Dominicans do, they're like, you guys <laughs> need to get together, all the kids, do what you need. And so with whenever my mom had, like, these family parties, mm -hmm. they weren't necessarily my cousins. They were basically right. my mom's friends' kids, and we would just be stuck in a room together, and that was That was basically the first time I was truly, like, opening mm -hmm. up to other people and feeling comfortable enough to be my sassy little self who was secretly cursing while, like, all the adults are in the other room talking shit, facts, getting drunk. Facts. So I would say, like, my fake cousins were my first community right. for sure. Yeah. Right. And that was in Perth Amboy in Jersey. Yeah. Okay, cool. That's amazing. And I think Dominicans, I don't know if we have that much of a choice, But we're, like, forced into being social. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're not, like, we don't even have the option. Like, we grow up, and even if we're, like, quiet kids are at the beginning or we're kind of awkward, like, you need to snap out of it real quickly. I feel like <laughs> you are thrown in the line of fire immediately real just quick. with your parents alone. They're like, girl, answer me. What did you like, do? And you're talk. like, talk. Yeah. Like, how was today? And you're going to tell me right now. And Dominican kids intimidate me. They, like, they speak so grown and fluidly and in Spanish. And you're like, why are you talking to me? Like, I know. They're peers. turning around and they're, like, bilingual. Believe yeah. me, I've heard people that are not Dominican that they're like, y'all are, like, a crack of fire. <sighs> you know? Which is, I'm totally okay with that. And... I'm sure at this point we've come into our identities and kind of owned that part of ourselves. Yeah. Um, but another question, you know, because I'm curious. So what would you consider right now, you know, as a 20-something, what would you consider your community right now or where you feel the most comfortable? I feel like I've definitely made more of a home in myself. And that's something I've been focusing more intimately and intentionally than okay. any of the other years in my life. I feel like every mm -hmm. other year, I, my community was whoever my friends were, um, what school I was in at the time. And now I feel like everyone else, we've come into such a period of self-reflection that I've been learning to be at home with myself. So when I'm with other people, they are also my community. Like, I'm able to be with them. Like, genuinely be with them because like I'm with be myself. present. Yeah. Because you're, like, actually, like, being you. Yes. Okay. Well, that's a deep answer. But, like... <laughs> I I'm, mean, that's the tea. That's the truth right that's now. That's the tea. That's wow. <laughs> And I think, like, many of us have to find, like, that force circle to actually feel like we're connecting yeah. with ourselves. But, like, I think the most beautiful part of you know, even connecting with you is that you're so connected to a higher self and your own body and who you are. So yeah. that's very Thank you. powerful. I know that we both come from a similar background when it comes to spirituality. There are some 
you know, comparisons, similarities, and some contrast. We both grew up Catholic. I know you were more Catholic, more like in your teens, I believe, and we can talk about that. And I grew up Catholic in DR. So there are, you know, definitely many comparisons that we can make there. Um, and I can even just start even with my own experience, but I did go to Catholic school um, up to my sophomore year, and that was in DR. I grew up going to church. I did my first communion. And I, as an adult, have a lot of thoughts about that because I stopped considering myself Catholic. I mean, very early on, I would say as a teenager, probably when I was like 15, right. 16, because it was something that didn't align with me anymore. So I do want to ask you about that journey and what that was like for you. Like, because I know you were also like very involved in the church. Yeah. I mean, I think in one of the most beautiful ways I was lucky, mm-hmm. like my parents were very Catholic. And at the same time, um, because my parents had a divorce, I got lucked out from that strict religious upbringing. Mm. And so my mom wanted us to figure it out for ourselves. Like she was Catholic and very rooted in her faith. And, you know, we did do the rosary prayers and I did my first communion. Mm -hmm. But once that stopped at age eight, it was it for me. Right. So in our household, I, I didn't really go to mass or things like that. And it wasn't until graduating high school that I was like, wait, what the fuck is going on? Like, what are we, like, what are we doing here? Mm. Like, are we really in this rat race? I had just moved to the city and honestly, it was super hectic. Mentally, it was super draining. Physically, it was a lot. And at that moment, I felt like spiritually, I was being asked to like, girl, we got to connect to something because this cannot be life. If we're just working all hours of the day, draining ourselves Mm -hmm. just to fulfill someone else's dream. Right. And like, coincidentally, like one day I got out of class at LIM and I was sobbing because Mm -hmm. I was just so overwhelmed at the amount that I had to pay. I really wasn't present in my classes. Like I was there, but I wasn't really connecting. And I, I just had a lot of things piling up. And I found myself walking into a church, and I don't even know what church it was. It was just there, and they happened to have a mass going on. Mm. And I just sat in the pews, and I cried. Like, I literally just sat there, cried, sobbing. And that was basically the beginning for me of searching. I'm like, okay, maybe it's this church or a church in general. Mm -hmm. And um, discovering Catholicism in my early 20s is definitely not how i thought my life would pan out right 16 year old me was like we're gonna go to the city we're gonna live this tumbling <laughs> lifestyle we're gonna be badass bitches we're gonna be carrie bradshaw, carrie bradshaw. <laughs> <laughs> carrie bradshaw but from the carrie diaries not even the sex in the city like yeah like pre pre all of that and um it changed me drastically and i think because i was going in with the mindset of like okay i just need to connect with a higher power versus a lot of the people that i connected with in church they were there because they had been going to church their whole lives like you know their parents i had people that their dad was the deacon and you know then their godparents are priests and so like they had been really going to church out of habit Mm-hmm. And so even in that aspect, I was kind of alone because I was like, guys, 
wasn't this so insane? Like they're literally talking about how Jesus made water out of wine or wine out of water. And they're like, I mean, I guess like we hear this all the time. Yeah, because there's a lot of ritualistic things with the Catholic Church and a lot of it is like repetition. Yes. So I think in that moment for you, it was kind of like, wow, like this is so touching and so moving and Mm -hmm. I really connect with this. But like if you grew up with that, like even for me, like it's like okay, we've been saying this shit. Like, no, like, uh, like for and it's so the same long. thing every day. Yeah, and it's the same thing every day. It's repetitive, and there are people who connect with that, and I definitely respect that. But I can see the experience too from yeah. the other side of the other people who were like, "Girl, where have you been?" No, this was so new to me. I I felt like a child mm-hmm. in a candy store, and I'm thinking like, guys, this is something that the apostles did. We're doing it. Aww. And they're like, we know, girl. We've been doing it. <laughs> like, <laughs> and do you feel like in that moment it was because you were, like, feeling a void, like, inside of you? I, I would like to say that initially it was that. Over time and very quickly, I recognized that I had spiritual gifts I wasn't tapping into. Mm. That I didn't even know it was something for me to tap into. Mm-hmm. And like initially it was like, oh my gosh, let me find my sense of community. These people love me unapologetically mm-hmm. and unconditionally. And I feel the same way. Um, and I think that's what I wanted, a sense of belonging, something mm-hmm. that I didn't get in New York. And it, everyone who's lived in New York knows like it's it's rough out here, girl. It is rough it takes, out. It takes a minute. It takes a minute to really find your tribe of people that are actually authentic to you. Yes. Yes, that they're not just there to, like, to be your club you. friends, yeah. to use you, to be a work connection. Um, it's definitely difficult. So I can see how the, you know, even Catholic community can make you feel that way yeah. here. And I personally, maybe because this was just my experience in general, I felt very lucky to have the experience that I did mm-hmm. because I knew so many people that had damaging scarring experiences and they're like i would never go back to the catholic church Mm. and it just so happened that the community that i had found we didn't experience that personally and so those are the things that i kind of used to battle with a bit because i'm like okay here's this loving community that i have in my town and we're here really trying to just like bring faith back into our hearts and into other people and at the same time there were so many horrendous, heinous things happening in the Catholic Church overall. These things are not mutually exclusive. Right. Like, you cannot just be like, oh my gosh, but we're following this one faith and it's great. And ignore the fact that many people have suffered from sexual trauma and abuse right. from church clergies. Like, mm-hmm. and what do you do with that? And so there, those were the things that I used to battle with. Because I didn't grow up um, knowing the ins and outs of churches or Mm -hmm. sins. As an institution in general. Exactly. So there were things Mm -hmm. that I didn't find a problem with, but other people did. And I remember at the time, um, one of the biggest things that I used to fight, like, I've always been a very vocal person, Mm -hmm. okay? We know. Whatever (laughs) I've had Mm -hmm. an opinion on, I'm like, "Mm mm-mm. No. No, we're not doing it. Yeah, and I used to, like, 
I don't want to say argue with the priest, but definitely have like strong disagreements with like priests during confession. Cause I would say like, I don't understand why I have to confess for supporting gay mm. people or supporting abortion. That was something I would bring up in each of my confessions. Cause I'm thinking maybe I'm going to get the right answer from a different priest, but no. realistically they're like, mm, this is what the church believes. Please say three Hail Marys to absolve you from sin and an act of contrition. And I just, that would stay with me because I'm like, I don't find this enough because like you're not really giving me yeah. solid information as to why this is so detrimental to like, like. Why is this a sin? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no real like definition or answers to like the reality that people live and also like the human rights aspect yes. of what happens in the world that we're like attaching to this higher being to Jesus and you know everyone else in between and I think too that that was also part of a lot of the issues that I had with it like like I mentioned going growing up Catholic and going to Catholic school even by eighth grade I was like already battling a lot of my teachers so even if it was like my even if it was my religion teacher because obviously if you go to catholic school you take religion classes and i would challenge them and literally as an eighth grader i asked like why would gay people go to hell like it makes no sense seriously like if god loves all of us why would certain people be excluded even if they're good people because just because you go to church that doesn't make you a good person and it was just like this indoctrination like Every and that's when I just felt like there was something wrong and it didn't match with me. Of you know, every morning I had to like get up at like 6 a.m., get to school. We like did the national anthem in DR and then we prayed. Then, after we prayed as a school, then I had to go into my classroom, do another prayer, and then start classes. And everything was like very like militaristic. Yes. And for me, that just, like, felt, like, not natural, and it didn't feel, like, genuine. It just felt like we're doing this so we can save ourselves from redemption. Yeah. Like, so we don't go to hell. Like, this is why we're doing this. And no one would actually ever answer, like, what you said, my questions and my beliefs that in that moment, especially in DR, what, 2008, 2007, it was very radical beliefs that I was bringing on um and that's when I started questioning it it even way more and that's when I was just like this is not for me this is all institutional indoctrination (laughs) and when I started I think I started having more the language for all of that in college when I was in an anthropology major and I was just kind of like this you know always thought I was like the intellectual in the room (laughs) were you not i mean i was amongst other people who were also like very smart so i wasn't like the only one but even as an anthro major if you were doing like political science and a lot of like social sciences especially at Rutgers, like we also had like a lot of our circles of like activists and all of that and i think within all of that i was able to get the language to also understand that like you know, this religion specifically, I'm not speaking on other ones, but, like, this was, like, forced into, like, our indigenous people from, like, the Americas. Like, this was forced, like, just how, like, you know, rapes happen in Latin America to, like, our native people, how Spanish became also, like, an indoctrination. Like, then the Catholic 
religion was a part of all of that. And I'm like, you know, when people in DR tell me this is the number one religion in the world, it's not by coincidence. It's because <laughs> it's the not. whole country has been plagued with this right. idea. I'm like, it's because we were forced to believe yeah. in this. And like we were forced and you know, a lot of our ancestors who are no longer alive and were literally massacred yeah. were not, they didn't even have a choice into having this belief. So that's how in my mind, I was like, this is why it's spread. This is why it's popular. Mm. And then I started like questioning a lot of things. And I'm like, what if that happened with another religion? What if, you know, like Buddhists were the ones who colonized the world and then everyone tells you we have to follow this? Or what if it was like a different culture that did that? Yeah. Like, does it make it like the right one or like the wrong one? So I think those were always like my thoughts same but yeah. also like what you were saying of like the human rights violations of what happens with the institution that also does not penalize like a lot of these wrongdoings and that they uphold them for themselves they love to hide and keep them hidden for themselves while looking down on a single mom who decided to have an abortion because she can't afford another child Right. You know what I mean? And then call her out. And I mean, we yeah, can go in a rabbit hole exactly. on the Vatican and, like, everything that happens over there. And, you know, how, like, a lot of our people, again, who are colonized people, like, we've been following rules from freaking Spain for centuries. Which Girl. I don't even think the Spanish follow those anymore at this point. But we've been indoctrinated into believing all of these things that I think it's time for us to take the power back, yeah. take our voices, and actually question these things. With that being said, I'm not saying that being religious or being Catholic and being spiritual is a bad thing. I think my main beef is with the institutional problems, just with how I would have beef with a government yeah. not doing its job or, like, indoctrinating people into, right. like, a regime. Like, that's how strongly I feel about that. And I feel something to always keep in mind is like, why can't you question it? Because Facts. when we come from a community that is mm -hmm. so righteous in the way that they believe that that specific faith is the end all be all. When you ask questions and you poke holes, you're kind of looked at like, well, who mm -hmm. the fuck is this guy? You know, mm -hmm. why are you trying to, you know, make other people non-believers? And it's like, I'm not trying to make them non-believers. I just want them to see things like from a critical standpoint, critical standpoint and understanding that it's like, I wholeheartedly believe in a faith in a higher power, but is this a higher power or are these the people? Mm. You know, who are we mm -hmm. actually believing and putting our faith into? And when we think of the history of the Catholic Church, it has always been about the people hidden behind the message of Jesus. And so when we have a country that I love and adore, like the Dominican Republic, who uphold the standards of the colonizers to the point where the same people that were colonized by them, they have a pride for Spain. Mm. How many people in DR are like, we love my parents are from Columbus. Spain. Yeah, yeah, they love it. La mm. Vega, the town where my family is from, was actually founded. Really? Well, my mom's side. Oh, okay. I thought you were like La Capital girl. Oh, I am. <laughs> <laughs> I am through and through city girl for ever. City girl. But my mom is from La Vega. 
So I know like the way that this episode has come to you, like we're talking from a perspective that may not be everyone's. And as people who actually left a institution more so than we left God or that we left, you know, our culture because we're very much still a part of our culture. Um, and I think the whole point of this episode is for us to like let our voices be heard and be critical of how far ago even like our people were institutionalized into a language, into a religion and all those things. And there can be positivity that can exist within that for certain people. But there's also like bad things that can come out of that. Right. What do you think? I feel like so many of even the people on the land directly and um, both here and in the Dominican Republic in terms mm -hmm. of religion and leaving religion have also been able to uplift a new faith mm -hmm. and show what it means to take your own meaning and your own individual meaning of what that faith should mean and live that life. Right. Because not everyone is living through the lens of the Catholic Church while using the Catholic Church's resources right and so we see that a lot especially in the dominican republic where we have people who hold those virtues true yeah. and they mean what they say in terms of following christ and i think those are the things that give me hope is like the people yeah. that aren't necessarily doing it for exploitation or um even to control control yeah. multiple people they're more like no this is the heart of what we're trying to get to and connect to people in a heart manner especially as we go through even more trying times um day in and day out like the only thing you can really rely on is having a faith in something like that we're going to be okay mm -hmm. and so i love seeing that resurgence in newfound hope and mm -hmm. faith in others yeah and understanding that like we can still preach the gospel without preaching the gospel. We can really come into um, an understanding of these teachings and really revitalize what they actually mean mm -hmm. on a personal, individual level. Exactly, exactly. And I think even, again, going back to the community aspect of it that you found yourself comfortable in, it was a community that in that moment like you need it for many reasons that you were going through personally. And I've heard stories too of, you know, Latin people too who moved to the US for the first time. And as immigrants, like they find themselves being in a space where they have to go to church to have community. Like depending, you know, what neighborhood you move in and stuff like that, or if they don't speak English, like that is truly the only place where they feel like they can actually find themselves and their own patio in a way. Yeah. So that is one thing that I would love to emphasize is that when it works, it definitely works, but we also need to be critical of all these systems that are not always fair. Again, right. just how we are critical of the government, just how we're critical of, you know, the crazy landlords, how we're critical of people who are not doing good in the world. There's also people who tell us that they're doing good, but they're not. Yeah. So I think nowadays, especially within the last five to 10 years, there's been a lot more 
voices out there, especially in documentaries like in Netflix. Um, I think there's one of people who escaped Judaism from the extremist um, Jewish community, I believe, in Brooklyn. It's called One of Us. Um, and I think those voices still need to be heard, even if not everyone has that same experience right. within an extremist um you know, religious household or community. There's also people talking about being ex-Mormon and coming out of that church because that church says also being gay is a sin. So I also watched this incredible documentary. I cannot think of the name right now, but it's like a docu-series and it's on Hulu. Uh, I th- Oh, I think it's Mormon No More, I believe. I will have to double-check that after. But it's a couple of two women who were best friends in the Mormon church and then fell in love. So they definitely had to like get out because they were not accepted by that. And Mm. I think those are conversations that are coming up more and they are having these difficult conversations with their own communities, with their families that are still Mormon to make them understand that one, this is who they are and two, like, they learned so much along the way of being Mormon, but this is just not a place where they feel like they can be themselves. And I think that's still, again, two truths can exist at once. But, you know, I think that's one thing that also leads me to ask you, where are you right now in your spiritual journey? Like, I know, you know, you do tarot. You also do a lot of research when it comes to spirituality and what comes from our ancestors in the Caribbean. And so how are you tapping into that right now? Uh, Well, currently I've been having one-on-one sessions with an herbalist from the Mm. Dominican Republic. And she works with a lot of Catholic imagery while understanding that the true origins behind it actually come from African traditional religion and spirituality. And so that's something I've been tapping into a little bit, honestly, deeply over the last year is understanding Mm -hmm. just different faiths and how that connected to my own story. Because there are still things that I genuinely understood, took, and um, kept for myself in my own Catholic faith, even though I don't resonate with those things anymore. Um, and so one of the ways like I'm discovering that is like, mm-hmm. okay, where does my pleasure lie? Right? And where is a sweet spot of creativity in pleasure? And how is it that when my energy is this open, I'm receiving divine wisdom, divine mm-hmm. guidance. And so that's something that I've been on an exploration of for the last like, honestly like five years but over Mm. this last year i've been taking it more intentionally and really trying to understand that um something i've known my whole life is i have the most intense dreams and girl (gasps) i'm like the kid who's like wakes up with slobber all over her because she was in the dream world deeply i'm literally the same it's Sometimes I just want to sleep. I just want to sleep. But I've noticed that, like, the dreams themselves definitely held a deeper meaning than I even thought. At first, I was like, okay, maybe there's something off with my schedule. Or I need to, like, get my body in tune or something. That, like, mentally I might not be well that I'm having these dreams. Mm -hmm. And 
And over the last like four years, I've had several like random people tell me like, no, I want you to take it just a bit more seriously Mm -hmm. in terms of writing down your dreams, right? It may not make sense right now and that's okay. But when you write them down and then you look back even weeks or months or a year from now, you can see the connections in each of the dreams and recognize that your own intuition speaks in symbolism. So like there are certain dreams where I can, let's say, for example, I'm in a school that's like Hogwarts. Mm, But what that means is like I'm tapping into a mystical like I'm being asked in my dream. I want you Mm -hmm. to tap into a more mystical um, school of thought. Like I want you to research something like that. And so those are things I've had to learn how to like decode and decipher and then there are some dreams that are very just like upfront, like tomorrow, this is what's going to happen. I always have dreams about work because I think I'm not going to wake up, <laughs> which is extremely depressing sometimes, yeah. but that's not always my dream, but I wanted to plug that in for some reason right now. But sometimes it could just be that your subconscious is letting you know that this is taking up so much of your time in the physical realm that even in the Ooh. astral realm, you are tapped into it but you don't want to be. You want to be clocked out, but they're saying you are too tapped in in the physical realm. We need you to figure she out what said, is the work that works for out, you. clock out, baby girl. Clock girl, out, baby girl. Clock out in real life. Clock out in the astral realm. Clock out. You can quit that job and move on. Like, find the one for you. This is not for my new job. If my manager's listening to this, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, she loves this job. And all the dreams have been super positive. Oh, all my dreams are going to... I'm slipping well. <laughs> that's what we like to hear yeah i love all of this so with you know this whole episode i am very happy you know of all the positive things that have come out of all again all of our experiences again within the catholic community outside of the catholic community within our dominican culture and everything like there is something positive and good that always comes out of all of this even if there are the negative aspects which Every single community obviously has, and we need to address that. Um, but I just, you know, want to end it again in a positive note. And I know that you did some readings, you have this intuition. So can you let people know where they can find you online sure. and um, find your amazing services <laughs> that I can say have even helped me and coached me so much through a lot of transition. Yeah, definitely. Um, right now I'm only offering services like through Instagram or f- like zoom FaceTime. So my Instagram handle is decolanista. Um, and the services I offer are intuitive energy readings and sessions where we like unblock energies that have been really stored in from the Mm -hmm. past and um i'm currently offering like deconstruction chats okay tell us about that because i feel like a good conversation can fix and soothe so much and so i in these conversations we're allowing people to just really dive into okay what is it that you are stuck on right now Mm -hmm. you know what is it that's eating you up every day that you have been like you know overly consuming thoughts about it and so um in these chats i'm diving in into energy healing as well and like allowing the energy healing that i send that way to be able to allow fluidity in the mind 
as well as, you know, using the tools and resources that I've learned in my own spirituality to help whoever it is that I'm speaking on or speaking with to deconstruct their own mind. And yeah, so right now those are the services that I offer. We love. So everyone go check her out. Deconstruct your dusty ass minds <laughs> like I did. <laughs> and thank you again for coming on. And I'd love to thank have you, you so again. Much. And I will see y'all hopefully next week. Bye bye.